good morning. Everybody doing okay today? Good day to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Man, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun. We, uh, we're going to have some things we're going to do today that will hopefully bring about some real joy, some steps that we'll take that will hopefully move us in that direction. Also, at the end of the service today, we're going to be doing communion. So if you're watching online, we want to encourage you to go ahead and get your elements together. We'll share in that at the uh, end of the service. And uh, that's always, that should bring joy to us whenever we share in communion. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of in- inspection, if you will, asking God to search our hearts, uh, you know, to show if there's anything that keeps us from uh, being able to enjoy that at that time and, uh, and to really experience, express the joy of being able to do communion. So it's kind of a cool thing. So at the end of the service, we'll share in that. Hopefully you guys have had a great week and uh, you've been experiencing joy. And uh, so today though, you know, I, I think one of the things I, I feel like I need to do is kind of go maybe backwards a little bit this week. But uh, the question is, do you really, do you really want to experience real joy? Because I think, you know, even like last week, if we apply the text, the scripture that we heard last week, then we should have experienced joy this week. And there, and there are steps that, you know, I say, hey man, these are some steps that I would encourage you to take. And if we apply the scripture, if we apply the word of God to our life, then here's the thing, we should have experienced real joy. But oftentimes we will hear the steps to take. We will see the steps to take, but we don't take them, right? We go, man, you know, we'll hear a message and we'll say, that's a great word. That's a great message. We'll hear a song. We say, man, that's some powerful lyrics in that song. And, and we'll go, hey, I agree with it, but I just don't do it. I just don't take the step. I just don't discipline myself. And oftentimes what we do is we'll say, well, you know, I just don't have the discipline. Well, here's the thing is God can give us some of the, the power that we need. He is the one that's working in us. We'll see that today. But we've got to be willing to take a step of faith. We've got to be willing to take the next step of faith. And, you know, and sometimes it's a baby step. And once you put one foot in front of the other, man, it's pretty soon you walk across the floor, right? So you've got to be willing to take steps. And so I wanted us to kind of look back at some of the stuff that we did last week. We, we, we end usually with this. Uh, so next step for me today, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I'll just tell you on the front end, dude, that's where joy begins right there is you putting your faith in Christ for salvation. It's not like, hey, well, let me do all this other stuff and then I'll try Jesus later. It all begins with a relationship with Christ. I mean, it's knowing that you are a child of God, that you have been purchased with Jesus' blood. You have been washed clean by his blood. And you know, that, you know what? My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm a, I'm a part of the family of God. Uh, so you've got to be able to say, God, you know, that's, that's where it starts. And I want that right now. I want it today. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, then let today be the day of salvation for you. You know, here, and like we're talking about communion at the end, really communion is for the believer. It's someone who understands what Jesus did on the cross, that he went to the cross, he bled out his precious blood, he died for me. And so when we take that, that juice, we go, this represents the blood of Christ poured out for the sins of many. Man, we share that, we go, you know, that was for me. That was for me. That was for the world. And then when we share in the body, we say, you know, this bread represents the body. Then we go, you know what, this represents the body that hung on that cross to pay for my sins. The, the sins of the world were placed upon him. And we give thanks for that. And here's the thing, we have joy because of what Jesus did. And man, we should be able to live in that, walk in that. And so it begins with me surrendering my life to Jesus. The other one is I'll share my testimony. That was one of the things we talked about last week. So did you share your testimony? Hey, somebody said, yeah. Man, I hope you did. Or did we just go, hey, man, that's what I really need to do, but I don't do it. I didn't do it. I didn't take a step. And so what's, what's keeping you from doing that? What's keeping you from taking that step? What's keeping you from sharing your testimony? See, some of, I believe some of us walked out of here last week really with a little bit of conviction, and the Holy Spirit may have said, hey, listen, this is who I want you to share with. And you probably even had that opportunity, and you just kind of, you kind of shirked on it, man. You went a different direction. I can remember praying whenever I got saved, man, I wanted to see my dad get saved. 
And I wanted to share the gospel with my dad. And I would ask my friends, hey, man, if y'all don't mind, pray for me and my, you know, my, my relationship with my dad. I want to be able to share the gospel with him. I want to be able to share Christ with him. And so I would pray for it, you know, and God would give me an opportunity, and I would chicken out. And, you know, and I, would, I, would, I would just say, you know, I'll, I'll do it later. And here's the thing, we don't always know if there's going to be a later, right? And so we've got to be able to say, God, if you are pressing on my heart, if you're telling me, if you're showing me someone to share my testimony with this week, or you have convicted me, you brought a little bit of conviction in my heart, and I wasn't obedient this past week, God, I, I want to start this week. I want to start today, right? And so I want to move in that direction. And here's another one, join a life group. You know, we, we say that all the time. I say that, I spit it, I spray it, I do everything you can with life group, trying to get you guys involved and connected. Because we know, we all know, that relationships are critical and key to you being involved and engaged in a church. If not, you'll drift off. It doesn't matter what the teaching is. It doesn't matter how good the worship is. What happens if we don't feel connected, if we don't feel like, you know, hey, we're a part of this, we don't feel like it's our church, you'll drift off. I mean, it happens at every church. And so what we go is, hey, I know we need to get involved, but I know we need to be in a life group, but, you know, there's a lot of big buts out there, right? So we got to be able to say, God, that is a step I got to take. I've got to just do it. I've got to get involved. And you just heard them say, I mean, life group start this week. I mean, it, it may, if you want to play pickleball, we're going to play pickleball. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to pray together, right? And, and so whatever it might be, but find a life group. Quit making excuses. And so what we do is we'll talk about things. We'll see steps. We just don't take them. And then we wonder, you know, we wonder why we don't have joy. You know, if we don't take steps towards what God is saying is so important. We should, why, was, why should we think anything will change? You see, there's times that the Holy Spirit moves on you. He speaks to you. He tells you, hey, this is a step you need to take. But we don't take those steps that he tells us to take. So why would we think that anything would change? We want it to change. We're just not willing to do our part sometimes. God's going to do everything that he needs to do. He's God, right? But he does. He, he, he puts a little bit of trust in us. To, hey, listen, I want to see you respond. I want you to move. You know, and he, he just wants us to be obedient and to trust him. And, and so we've got to be able to say, God, I, I want to take these steps. And, and we need to be willing to do that. You know, Paul found joy in sharing the gospel. We talked about that last week. Man, he was just pumped about the gospel being preached, whether they had good motives or bad motives. We should feel that way. And so we should be excited about sharing the gospel. We should be, be excited about people putting their faith in Christ. You know, uh, last week, uh, I told y'all, you know, we do a thing called uh, Dream Team uh, Huddle Guys. So every week, you know, we, we share this in a huddle. And uh, we were able to talk about, you know, last week there were three professions of faith in our services, you know, and so people came to know Christ. They heard the gospel. They responded by faith. They put their faith in Christ. We had people online that made decisions. And so here's the other thing. We have 45 people that are going to camp, student camp this week. And so our prayer, we're praying in the back. You know what? The God, they're going to hear the gospel. Those students are going to put their faith in Christ that don't know him. And the ones that have already put their faith in Christ, they're going to be grounded. They're going to come back with a solid foundation. They're going to be able to stand firm and live as righteous young people in this, this depraved world. And so that's what we're praying for, right? So we've got to be able to say, God, I believe that. I'm going to pray for that. And here's the thing, but you know what? They got to take that step to go to camp. And there's some of you that probably missed out on getting your kids there for that environment and under that kind of prayer because you're like, you know, I don't know if they want to go. Sometimes you just got to send them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just send them. Get them on out of there. You know, they need to put them in an environment where they're going to be challenged to respond. So we've got to be willing to do that. So Philippians, we're going to, I want to kind of hit this. This was from last week, but I want to kind of go back and hit it just a little bit. It says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. So that's what Paul is saying to the church of Philippi. Hey, man, I want you guys to grow in your love. Man, that the love 
that you love God, you love people, you love God, you love people, you love the kingdom, you love the church, you love the things that matter most. And so he said, amen, that's what I'm praying for you. He said, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. So he's talking about pure and blameless lives, to live righteous lives, right? So ask yourself this, did I live righteously this week? Did I live in such a way that people can see Jesus in me? And that they want that, they want, to, they, want to follow, they want to follow the Jesus that I follow. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And so it brings God glory when we desire, when we hunger. We were praying for that back there, that we would thirst, we would hunger for righteousness. That we would want to be righteous people. That we would want to walk in that. And so, so God is saying, hey, man, we need to walk in, in righteousness. We need to live in that. So we're to live righteous lives as believers, as followers of Christ. So it's not just going to church and getting a little bit of, a little bit of Jesus. We should be overflowing with Jesus, and it should be the righteousness of Christ that has been applied to our life that, man, people see Jesus in us. It's not what they see that we bring to the table. It's what Christ is doing in us. And so we're to live righteous lives. We're to live that out. The good news is that true righteousness is possible for, the man, for mankind, but only through the cleansing of sin by Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way you get there. You think, well, I'm just going to be good enough. I can remember whenever I wanted to get saved, I thought, well, I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to read the Bible more. I started thinking about the things that I could do that might make me righteous. And, but the Bible says that my greatest deeds are like filthy rags. Hey, I'll help people more. I'll pray more. You know, I, I'll try to get there by works or deeds or something like that. But, man, Scripture makes it pretty clear. The only way that we experience righteousness is by faith in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, drawing us close, teaching us, convicting us. And so th that, that is needed. That's the good news, though. And so look at this. It says, we have no ability to achieve righteousness in, a, in and of ourselves. But Christians possess the righteousness of Christ because of what it says here in Second uh, Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the what? The righteousness of God. So see, whenever God looks at Mike Mazingo, he doesn't see my brokenness. He sees the, the righteousness, righteousness of his son Jesus applied to my life. He sees that whenever he looks at you. If you have put your faith in Christ, if you've surrendered your life, if you've received Jesus for salvation, then here's the thing. You are covered by the blood of Christ. You, you are literally his. You've been purchased. And so whenever God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ that's applied to us. And we're to walk in that. We're to live that out. And so here's the thing. From our side of that relationship, when we look to God, we'll say, God, I want to live righteous. I want to live holy lives. God, I want, I want to be set apart. I want to be different. I don't want to just fit in with everybody else. I want to be different from the world. God, I want to live the way that Jesus lived. I don't want what the world is offering. And so real joy comes when we realize this is not our home. I love that. When we realize this is not our home, we're passing through, right? Now, we're here for a season, and some of us longer than others. Uh, just uh, Friday night, me and my sister drove down to Waynesboro, Mississippi, about three hours and 20 minutes through pig trails, it seemed like, getting down there. And uh, we went down to one of my best friends. His mother had passed away, who was like a second mom to me. And uh, she would she probably spanked me as much as my mom did. And uh, so we would go down, and we would stay there, would stay with them during the summers and and so, uh, so we went down and we were able to hang out and just kind of talk about, you know, growing up there, doing life together. And, and, but, you know, his name was Junior. We, uh, we, his name was Wendell Ray Bedwell. I always called him Junior. I remember when somebody said, uh, W.R. or Wendell Ray. And I was like, who the heck is that? I thought his name was Junior this whole time, you know. But the thing is, is we're sitting there talking. We're talking, hey, I mean, it's sitting in our home. 
It's sitting in our home. We're passing through. You know, and, and so we may live a long life. I think his mom had lived to be 89, but some people don't make it that long. But we're just passing through here, and we're learning how to love God, and we're learning how to love people, and we're learning how to worship God. We're learning how to live for God, right? So we're just passing here. So real joy comes when we realize this is not our home. We're passing through. And so you're so focused on everything that is here and trying to accumulate everything that's here. Here's the thing, whenever you leave, you won't take any of it with you. You're going to be really disappointed. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, we've got to live for more than that. There's got to be more purpose in life than just gaining stuff and buying stuff. Philippians 1, 27 through 30 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. How we live, how we talk, how we, how we, how we joke. You know, if we tell a joke, man, it needs to be one that is, you know, has God honoring. It may be funny, but it doesn't have to be dirty, right? How we talk, our language. You know, some people say, well, Mike, you know, I was in the military. I don't care if you're in the military or not. God can change your heart. He can change your mouth, Right? And so we say, I often hear guys say, well, you know, in the military, they encourage you to use bad language. I'm like, they may encourage that, but you don't have to. You can still be a good leader without having to be a, you know, a, a nasty mouth. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can say, God, I want my mouth to honor you. I want to glorify you with my words. And so we've got to be able to say, God, I want to live a life worthy of being called a Christian, a follower of Christ. I want to live a life that's set apart. And then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you're standing together with one spirit, with one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is what? The good news. It's God's message, right? So he's saying to the church, hey, man, stand together. Stand as one. Stand united. You know, there's, there's unity. Man, that's what Jesus prayed for. So don't be intimidated by, in any way by your enemies. There's a lot of people that are intimidated by what's going on in our culture and our world right now. And if you're doing that, it's because your eyes are focused on here and now. And we got to be able to say, God, we want to we stand firm. We want to live with our, with our mind, literally focused on the things of God. We want to honor our king. It says, this will be a sign to them that are they're going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. And so I love that, that you know, we're not worried and, and freaking out over what's going on around us because we know this is not our home. And if that's how you're living, then your world may be this world. And it's not about the kingdom of God. You're not focused on the things of God. You're focused on this world. And it doesn't matter, you know, what's happening. You know, we're not rattled and we're not taken back. We may be we may disappointed. We may be heartbroken over something. But, man, we're not, we're not taken back because we realize this is not our world. This is not where we li- we're going to live for eternity. It says, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. So even if we suffer, if we face persecution, we got to go, you know what? If, you know what? If I'm honoring God, if I'm living for Christ, if I'm living out my faith, there may be persecution. There are places in the world right now that if the gospel is presented, if I were teaching in some of those countries, I would be put to death, literally. And there are people that literally go there to preach the gospel because they say, you know what, that's where God has called me to be. And their, their thing is, hey, if I die preaching the gospel, I'm okay with that because their eyes and their focus is not on the things of this world, but it's on the kingdom of God. And they want to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Christ. And so they're, they're saying, hey, listen, it's a privilege to suffer for him. We're in this struggle together. And you've seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. He's in prison, right? I mean, he's sitting here going, man, this is not easy, but you know what? God is glorified. So when we live as citizens of heaven, we aren't intimidated by the things of this world. This world does not push us around. We realize, you know what? Hey, man, I'm standing on a, a firm foundation. I have a God that is over all things, who is all powerful, all knowing. And you know what? And I'm okay. The world may come against us, but you know what? We stand firm. And here's the thing. It's important for us to stand together. So we live as citizens of heaven. We aren't intimidated by the things of this world. 
So, you know, intimidation is one of those things where someone tries to kind of overpower you or kind of condescendingly look down and kind of intimidate you. And you got to be able to say, you know what, that's not working on me. But that's a decision you make. That's a decision you make. There are people that will always try to intimidate you. You got to say, you know what, that's not going to work on me. But you got to make that decision and you got to understand, hey, why? What's the why behind that? It's because I don't live for this world. I live for the kingdom of God and I live for Christ. And I'm his, I'm his follower. I'm a faithful follower. So here's the problem that we can run into. Some people can be so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Y'all ever heard that? So what happens is, you know, we live, hey, well, man, I'm saved and, 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 I don't, and I'm just going to worship Jesus. That's a good thing to do. But he also tells us to pray, to serve your neighbor. He says to care for one another, you know, to feed the sheep, right? I mean, there's work involved as well. And so we can say, well, you know, I'm just going to do this. And there are people that sit around and it's all about, hey, one day I'm getting to heaven. Well, you know what? You're here right now. And you got a little bit of work to do. And you got to be willing to work out the things that God has said. Hey, listen, this is your job. I've given you spiritual gifts. Use those spiritual gifts to make a difference. Use them to help build up the body of Christ. You know, I'm just going to sit over here and worship. And there's a time for that too. I mean, Mary and Martha, we have a great story of that where, hey, you know what? She chose the right thing. There's a time to worship, but there's also a time to do other things. There's a time to pray. There's a time to serve. There's a time to literally go and do the work of the kingdom. And we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be on your clock, not mine. And God, I want to be about your will and not mine. So we've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be focused on the things of the kingdom, but I want to be working for you here. So when we stand together with one spirit and with one purpose, there is joy and impact. I love that. When we stand together, look at it again, with one spirit and with one purpose, there is, there is joy and impact. So there's joy and there's a difference being made. There's an impact that is taking place. And so I don't know if you guys... I don't, anybody in here watch uh, College World Series? You know, like baseball is going on right now. What about Women's College World Series? Anybody watch that? Woo, I hear it over here. Yeah, all right. So Women's College World, to be honest with you, it's a lot more fun sometimes to watch girls softball because they're way more into it, it seems like, than uh, the guys are sometimes. And so the Women's College World Series just ended, and uh, there was uh, a team that was like an unbelievable team, the Oklahoma Sooners. And I have never, ever in my life been an Oklahoma Sooner fan at all. I'm just going to be straight up. It just doesn't work that way. But man, let me tell you, I'm a fan of that team because of uh, the stand and because of what God is doing on, the, on that team. And I want to I share something with you. I can't, I can't show you the video, but it will be on my Facebook page if you guys want to check it out. But I want to read the script to you of what these girls said in an interview. You know, so they're being interviewed and they're being asked because they've won like, they've won like 50-something games in a row. And there was this pressure on them this past week to win, win out, to win this national championship. So this, they literally had a three-peat. They, they have won three national championships in a row. And, and so three-peat Women's College World, World Series and then 53 straight wins now and counting. But listen to this. So a guy, one of the uh, guys interviewed them and asked him, said, hey, uh, how do you keep the joy in the game? Said it's a long season and you guys have had the target on your back the entire time and the win streak being number one. How do you handle the unique pressure that comes with that? And how do you keep the joy for so long with anxiety? Seems like a thing that could very easily get in, get in and sit in. And so a girl named Grace Lyons responded. She said, well, the only way that you can have a joy that doesn't fade away is from the Lord. And, the, and any other type of joy is actually happiness that comes from circumstances and outcomes. And I think coaches, our coaches said this before, but joy from the Lord is really the only thing that can keep you motivated, just in, a, just in a good mindset, no matter the outcomes. Thankfully, we have had a lot of success this year, but it w- even if it was the other way around, joy from the Lord is the only thing that can keep you embracing those memories, moments, friendships, and all of that. So that's really the only answer 
uh, to that because there's no other way that softball can bring you bring you that because of how much failure comes in it and just how much a roller coaster the game can be and then another girl these are uh, these are some of the stars of the team so jada coleman responds says i 1000 percent agree with grace lines she says i went through that my freshman year if i was so happy to win the college world series and i've talked about this before i was happy to win that college world series but i didn't have joy I didn't know what to do the next day. I didn't know what to do the following week. I didn't feel filled and I had to, I had to, uh, uh, until I found Christ for that. And I think that that is what makes our team so strong is that we were not afraid to lose because if we lose, it's not the end of the world. Yes, obviously we worked our butts off to be here and we want to win, but it's not the end of the world because our life is in Christ and that's all that matters. Come on. And that ain't all. That ain't all. So then Alisa, Alyssa Brito, uh, she chimed in as well. This is her, her response. She says, yes, I think a, a huge thing that we've really just uh, latched onto is eyes up, and you guys see us doing this and pointing up. And she was talking about eyes pointing up. She said, but we really like fixing our eyes on Christ, and that's something we're, like, we're, we're saying you can't find fulfillment in an outcome, whether it's good or bad. And I think that's why we're so steady in what we do and our, our love for each other and our love for the game, because we know this game is giving us the opportunity to glorify God. And I think, I, I just think once we figured it out, that figured that out, that that was our purpose and everyone was all in with that. It's really changed so much for us. And I mean, I know for myself, I've just see, I've seen so much of a growth in myself with once I turned to Jesus and I realized he had changed my outlook on life, not just softball, but understanding how much I love to live for and that's how, how much I have to live for. And that's living to exemplify the kingdom. And I think that brings so much freedom. And I'm sure everybody, everyone's story is similar, but we all have these great testimonies that we really like. So, so shown how much it is to play for something bigger. And I think that's just what brings me so, so much joy. She says that no matter the outcome, whether we get a trophy in the end or not, this is before they had played the championship game. This isn't our home. And I think that's what's amazing about it for us. We have so much more. We have an eternity of joy with our Father. And I'm so excited about that. And yes, I live in the moment, but I know this isn't my home. And no matter what, my sisters in Christ will be there with me. And in the end, we're, we're with our King. Come on. Ah, that's awesome. So boomer sooner, man. I'm just telling you, I am for that team and for that coach. But here's the thing. They're saying, hey, listen, we stand together. They've won three national championships, 53 wins in a row. Man, it's still going. But they're going, hey, you know, it's not about winning this trophy. You know, but it's about loving each other. It's about loving God. It's about pointing to Christ. It's about focusing on Jesus. And I'm sitting there going like, man, that is, that's what it's about. You know, and so we've got to understand it. And so these girls, man, I'm telling you, man, they have, I, I pray this morning for God to use them and use that platform that they would point people to Christ and they would experience real joy like they have. And so let's, let's move on. So is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Yes, right? I mean, that, there's no doubt. Any comfort from his love? Yes, yes. Any fellowship together in the spirit? Yes. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? That's the one we have to ask. That's the one we have to answer for ourselves. Are our hearts tender and compassionate? Do we love? Do we care? Do we desire to be righteous? Do we desire to be set apart? Do we desire to be faithful? You know, so God is saying, hey, listen, you got to be willing to answer that question. He says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. And so it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about Jesus being glorified, represented, honored, you know, and that we are his, just his ambassadors. We're his representation. And so we want Christ to be the focus. I love that. It says, don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. 
In other words, we're to walk with humility. And so I love the fact that these girls have won three national championships. But my prayer is also that, you know what, they'll stay humble. They'll stay hungry for God. And they'll realize, you know what, those championships will fade away. And somebody will break that record at some point. But man, you can't take away that relationship with Christ. That lasts forever. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. So the scripture is telling us, hey, listen, we've got to be willing to look around and say, God, how do you help? How do I help them? How do I help them grow? How do I help them mature? How do I help them develop? You know, God, how do I help them become all that God wants them to be? You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He, he said, you know what, man, this is not about me staying here. It's about me accomplishing the Father's will. And so even Jesus going, hey, Father, is there a way that this cup can pass from me? He, you know, he knew what the cross would, would entail. But he was like, Father, it's not my will, but your will. I want to be lined up with your purpose and your plan. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He was willing to lay down his life for your sins, for my sins, for our brokenness. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. If you ever think you're above something, think about what Jesus did. He got down and he washed the nasty feet of disciples. And he took care of the people around him. And if you think that everybody's supposed to take care of you, you've got the wrong mentality if you're a believer. And you're thinking, hey, it's everything is supposed to function towards me and, you know, satisfy me. You've got to be able to say, it's not about me. It's about me loving God and loving people and serving people the way that God has, has shown us through Christ. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I mean, Jesus didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that, but he loved us that much. He loved you that much. He loved all people that much. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, the name of Jesus, right? So whenever you say that name, it ought to move you a little bit. Man, Jesus, it's the name of Jesus. And so Jesus Christ, the Son of God, went to the cross for all of us. Man, he's given the name above all names. That, that at that name of, of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Man, that's one day somebody is going to bow and they're going to say that. You may say, well, I know people that say they don't believe in God. They won't one day, right? To what Scripture says, that every knee will bow and they'll realize he is the one true God. So real joy comes when we love God with everything that is in us. We're to love God with every ounce of our fiber. And so real joy comes whenever we begin to love God like that. Here's the thing, man. He blesses us. He, he uses us. And, man, and whenever we are literally living our life with purpose, like these girls say, hey, man, we just want to honor God. We just want to glorify Him. And they're saying, hey, listen, we want even our, our softball game, how we play, how we carry ourselves to honor Him and to glorify Him. And, and so we've got to be able to say, God, help me to experience this kind of joy. And the way we do that is morning by morning, say, God, I give you today. I give you my life. I want to live for you. I want, I, want to, I want to love you with my mind, with my heart, my soul, everything that's in me, all the strength that I have, everything that I've got. I want, to, I want to live for you. So real joy comes when we do that. Real joy comes when we love others. You know, if, you, if you're sitting in this room or you're watching online, and even right now, you've got bitterness, anger, hate towards somebody, man, you're missing out on what joy could be. And so that joy comes whenever you're willing to forgive them and you're willing to love them the way that God loves them. You know, and you, you look at them, you go, you know what, I know they're broken, I know they're hurting, I know they, you know, their, their life is messed up, but you know what, God, give me a love for them, help me to love them. And so when we love people, man, I'm telling you, there's joy that comes from that. You don't have to love what they do, you don't even have to love what they've done. But here's the thing, is we do have to love them. We've got to be willing to love them enough to forgive them and love them enough to pray for them and love them enough to encourage them. 
And I'm telling you, man, that's whenever joy comes because it's, it's not tied to just the relationship with them. It's the decision to say, you know what, I'm going to be kingdom-minded. I'm going to focus on the things that matter forever. I'm going to focus on their soul rather than just what they're doing. And so therefore, I'm going to pray for them. So real joy comes when we love others. Real joy comes when we serve God. You know, I, we were talking about this past week. You know, we, we, we run a lot of people here in our, our church on, on each Sunday. There's a lot of people that attend here, this service and the next service. But about half of you guys don't use your gifts anywhere. You know, and we've talked about it. We've taught on it. You know, we've challenged you. We've given you opportunity to sign up, you know, and, and get plugged in, connected. And people go through the serve class. But I'm just telling you, you cannot just sit on those gifts. What you're doing is you're robbing yourself of what? Joy. And, and so there's, there's joy whenever you serve someone else. There's, there's joy whenever you use your spiritual gifts to help build up the body of Christ. Whatever that gift may be. Maybe it's mercy. Maybe you use that gift, you know, to make a difference in the lives of people. Maybe it's hospitality. And you're using that gift to help build up the body of Christ. And the kingdom is growing because of what you're doing. That's how that spiritual gift is, is used. Maybe it's the gift of teaching. Maybe you need to be leading a life group. Or maybe you just get in a life group. You use your gift of hospitality to make everybody have a good time, right? And, and so here's the thing. Are you, like it goes back to the beginning, ask those questions. Are you doing what you know to do? And so if half of a church is using their spiritual gifts, then half the church is missing out on joy. And they're missing out on making a difference. And we're running on a half a tank whenever we could be running on a full tank of everybody helping to build up the body of Christ. And let me just tell you this, you know, we, we, we are already planning to go to a third service in the, uh, in the fall, most likely. So we've been talking about that because whenever we're here and everybody's here, I'm just telling you, man, we really don't have room for everybody. And, and so we want to make room for people because here's the thing, it's not about just who's here, it's about who's not here yet, right? We're praying for the ones, and we're, and we're praying, hey, God, who's the one that you want to come here to hear the gospel, to give their life to Christ, men to be saved? We want to see our community impacted Amen. with the gospel. And so we got to be able to say, you know what? God, it's not about me. It's about furthering your kingdom. It's about growing your church. It's about making a difference. And so it may be that, you know, if you were to say, hey, listen, I'm going to use my gifts, and you're going to be able to help, number one, take care of the, the needs that are going to be in that third service. And who knows, if we have to add a fourth service, we'll do that. But it's not about you. It's about us saying, God, it's about your kingdom. It's about reaching people. We want to make a difference. And so, you know, it's not about comfort. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that. It's about serving. It's about loving. It's about dying to self. And so real joy comes when we serve God. So maybe today you go, you know what, God, maybe I need to be using my gifts. And I'll go ahead and tell you, yes, he's already said that in his word, right? He didn't have to remind you again. So real joy comes when we serve others. We serve God, we serve others. When, when we take care of someone else's need, I, I have people come to me sometimes, they're bummed out, they're, you know, they're tired, they're weary. And, uh, and I'll just ask them sometimes, hey man, why don't you go do something for somebody else? Because when you go do something for somebody else without trying to get anything in return, sometimes... Man, it fills you with a joy that you can't get any other way. But when you make things about serving someone else, ministering to someone else's need, caring for someone, you know, I'm just telling you, man, God will give you real joy. You know, there's nursing homes that nobody wants to show up except around Thanksgiving and Christmas. But I've seen people that will go and literally paint fingernails and, and do just little things like that for people that can't do it for themselves. And they get joy out of just caring for them, ministering to them. Go down and feed the, the homeless, you know, maybe at the Salvation Army, whenever they were doing that, you know, you'd go down and you'd, you'd, you'd serve people food, maybe at Thanksgiving. You take your family down. We sit around our big tables, you know, and you say, you know what, let's go down and serve somebody who doesn't have a table to sit around. But I'm just telling you, there's joy that comes from that. Maybe building a house, you know, that's for somebody that doesn't have a home, helping, you know, with uh, 
Carpenters for Christ or something like that. We've gone to Mexico and built houses down there. And, you know, you build a house and we think of a house, it ain't like around here. It's like a storage shed. We built a, a, a storage shed down there in, in uh, Mexico and it, there'll be five families living in that house. And they're so excited, man, they got more joy on their face than most any Americans that you meet. But, they're, man, they're excited to be living in a storage shed. And here we, we've got so much. We've got so much and there's so many that have need around us. So, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. So, Paul, again, writing to the church, he says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. He said, work hard to let people know that you have been changed and transformed by the power of the gospel. He says, let, let, let your works and your deeds glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's what he's saying, right? He said, work hard to let people know that you're saved. You know, tell your story. You know, let people know, serve, act like Jesus is what he's saying. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. In other words, let your life line up with the word of God. For God, I love this, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So God is at work in us, giving us that desire. So if you feel that tug right now or today, hopefully you do, you go, man, that's God working in me. That's God drawing me and saying, hey, listen, it's time to step up. It's time to let's go. So do everything without complaining and arguing. Don't we all need to hear that one? Somebody was in here this morning and said, hey, man, there's a scripture. Did you not hear me read that scripture a while ago? But we do. We want to argue and complain about things. So do everything without arguing, complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. So we're called out to live differently and to live as a light. It says, hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I not run this race in vain and that my work was not useless. So what he's saying, hey, listen, man, lean into the word of God. It's what lasts forever. People's opinions don't last forever. But man, the word of God and the souls of men, they last forever. He says, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering. I love, some translations say a, uh, like a drink offering. But pouring it, out, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. You know what he's saying to the church? He goes, hey, man, I want you to pour out your life like an offering to God. He said, and I want you to experience the joy that I've experienced. And what he said, hey, listen, I want all of you to use your gifts. I want all of you serving so that you get to experience that same joy. That's what he's saying. He goes, I want you to experience that. And I'll just tell you, I'm not Paul, but I'm, I'm Pastor Mike saying, hey, listen, I want you guys serving so you get to experience the joy of meeting the needs of the people around you. I want you serving so that you get to experience God's, God's joy that he wants to put into your life. It says, yes, you should be rejoicing. I will, share, I will share your joy. He said, man, you need to rejoice in that. I will share in your joy. Now, let's go back to that passage. For God, this is for, verse 13. It says, for God is working in you. I tell people all the time that God is working in our church, right? There are souls being saved nearly every, every Sunday. Uh, Friday night when I'm down at that, that visitation, the guy was asking me, he said, where are you, where are you the pastor at? And I said, I'm in Journey Church, at Journey Church in Prattville, Alabama. And so he said, well, uh, he started asking me a few questions. I said, man, you know, it's just God is at work there. I said, there are souls being saved. I said, this past weekend we had salvation decisions that took place. People put their faith in Christ. I said, lives are being changed. Marriages are being saved. And all I could, you know what I was doing? I was, I was bragging on what Jesus does. I was talking about the kingdom of God. While I was driving down there, a guy called me on the phone and was telling me about he'd gone to buy some lumber. And he said, man, I was talking to this lady and I asked her, I said, hey, do you go to church? And she said, I don't. She goes, but I've been thinking about that. And so he starts talking to her about going to church. And he said, man, I want to invite you to come to the church that I go to. And, and so 
what it is is God is at work around us. And when you hear somebody say that, that's Scripture being fulfilled. God is at work in you. God is at work drawing you, wanting to use you to make a difference and to help build up the kingdom of God. And so we've got to move in and say, God, that's what I desire. So here's what I would say is the only step today. Now take a step and do what pleases Him. So just take a step today. And that step may be to say, you know what? I want to lay something at the altar. That step may be, you know, I'm going to sign up for the serve class. Next service, we've got the Connect class. We've already got quite a few people signed up. But say, you know what? I'm going to the Connect class. I want to join this church. I want to be a part of what God is doing here. Because He is at work here. And then say, you know what? I'm not just going to join and come sit in a chair. I'm going to find my place of impact, my place of service. And I'm I'm going to bond with the people around me. Just like those girls on that ball team for something that is bigger than me, something that is bigger than what this world is offering. And I want to be a part of something where the kingdom of God is proclaimed and the kingdom of God is growing. I want to be a part of that. So take that step. So whatever the step is, always, every Sunday, you hear me say this, just do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. We trust Him. And I hope that you do, that you trust Him. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. If you go back to the beginning of the message, it's what we said was the most important thing. Why would you not make that decision today? Why would you not trust Him? Why would you not surrender? And don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the things of this world. But maybe right where you are, you say, Jesus, I realize I need you today. So Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you forgive me of the sins that I've committed? His answer is yes. He will step into your life. He'll change you. And it's a it's good change. And you say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you save me? His answer is yes. You say, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. That's repentance. That's brokenness over your sin. And that's a change of direction. That's a change of heart. And God, God is calling you to change. He's calling you to be transformed. He's calling you to a, a new life, a new heart, a new name. You say, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you. Man, to, to let us know, put it indicated on a card, you can text us. If you just prayed that prayer here in the room, if you would, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer to receive Christ for salvation. Anybody in the room, just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just put my faith in Christ. Anybody? Maybe if you're online, if you don't mind, text, say, my decision. Text my decision and say, man, I put my faith in Christ. But I believe that God is here today, and I believe, I believe He's bringing conviction to some folks who are not living righteous lives. And maybe you're watching online, God's convicting you. You know you haven't been living as a righteous person. I want to encourage you to use maybe your coffee table, maybe beside the couch, you get down on your knees before a holy God and confess whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is convicting you of. So God, I want to quit living the way I've been living. See, that's repentance for you as well. Maybe you're here in the room. God's calling you to an altar. He said, you haven't been living righteous. You haven't been living as a child of God. You've been living as a child of this world. And He's calling you to to brokenness. He's calling you to repentance. And I want to encourage you just to respond as the Holy Spirit leads you to respond. The worship team is going to come and lead us to a song response. And you just trust the Holy Spirit. I want to ask everybody to stand all across the room. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, I pray that you would move in this moment, God, that we would trust you. God, that we would take the step that you're asking us to take today, and we would trust you with the results. In Jesus' name.